Hello, this is Chris O'Regan, and you're listening to The Sausage Factory. episode 382 of The Sausage Factory. Welcome. In this episode, I chat to Charles Moore of Sword and Axe about their tactical RPG, Dark Deity. Yes, tactical RPGs, a thing that's been around for quite some time. One of the earliest ones I ever played was Shining Force, and indeed a game that I mention often in this episode, for which I apologise, because it's... Well, why should I apologise? It's a really good reference point. It's a classic. It's a game that often pops up in Mega Drive collections, stroke Genesis, whatever part of the world you're from. If you see collections of games, or official collections of games for the Mega Drive, you'll see Shining Force always there. Why? Because it's a great tactical RPG, and it's one of the earliest. And I thought, well, we'll just make reference to... Dark Deity, which Dark Deity really advances the concept and turns it into its head in a good way. I really, really enjoyed playing this game and I had a great time chatting to Charles about this extraordinary title. So, without further ado and quibbling, let's listen to me from the not-so-distant past talk to Charles about Dark Deity. Chris, take it away. Charles. Hello. Hello. Who are you and what do you do? So I am a game developer. I work on, for the moment, uh, just a single strategy RPG called Dark Deity with uh, more games to come somewhat soonish in the future. Uh, so that is a note for another time. Nice. Uh, and and what was your, your position again? Just to you so muffled there. What was your what's your actual role? Is it like many headed, many 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 things? Are you lead developer? The the, the many headed dragon. Yeah, yes. as I'm sure many development are familiar with. Uh, sort of, uh, I handled pretty much all of the game design, coding, um, anything that was done in engine. I did uh, right, right, and about. Um, 30, 40% of the writing in the game. Hmm. Uh, anything that was art, uh, I did not touch. <laughs> we, we, you know, commissioned or, you know, I was obviously in the process of, 
you know, describing what we want out of that. But uh, anything that was not art, I probably was done by me. Excellent. Otherwise, we've been stick figures. It would have been an avant-garde yes. sort of like, it would have been fine. But yeah, probably not. Well, it would not have been pretty. It would have been would not have been pretty. It's like when I saw when it's like when you see the uh, the original version of Braid. I love looking pointing at that going, Look at that. Yes. It's exactly the same <laughs> game, but look at it. <laughs> so, next question. How did you make your start making video games, Charles? So when I was in my junior year of college, uh, studying economics and math. I had a summer internship uh, in sales. <laughs> and uh, that was so unpleasant. Uh, and I've been a gamer my whole life. Um, that sort of pushed me to with my remaining time in, in you know, college before I had to become a bona fide adult uh, to say, well, this is my chance to do something I actually enjoy. Imagine that, you know, it's a sort of a rarity in today's world, unfortunately, feels like. Um, and I sort of locked myself in my room for a week or two and watched YouTube tutorials on how to code. Um, taught myself via that and just, you know, made Dark Deity from there. It, it was uh, sort of almost a spontaneous decision with a friend of mine from high school, Dylan. Uh, we were like, well, you know, there's there aren't enough games like this. Why don't we just make one? Yeah. It just boggles the mind why Square went, yeah, Final Fantasy Tactics. That's a good thing, isn't it? 20 years later, yeah, it's still good. What do you do? Never mind. <laughs> stop making them. Let's yeah. just, just stop making them. What? No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, granted, there's a you know European. It's never actually released officially over here. Eventually it was, but it took took the time. I don't, I don't know. It's like that and Chrono Trigger. We never got Chrono. I know, right? Just, what? No, they never bothered. They did eventually on the DS, but it's just crime. Yeah, but it's not the same. <laughs> no, it's not quite the same. And also, all our games ran 50% slower. Yeah. What was that about? Well, we all know why. Anyway. <laughs> but that's, that's, that's remarkable. So this is the first title. That's, that's, yeah. That is... That is uh, I, I does not look like it. It doesn't feel like it. So well done. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, As you say, there's not a lot in game titles in this genre. So you couldn't actually like poach much from anyone. It's like, uh, actually, yeah. you know, it's this this his own thing. But we'll we'll delve into that later on in the show. Let's keep our powder dry. Sure. Next question. I think we might you know, we might have answered this already, but this is known as a dreaded third question. At least I call it okay. that. It's because it's a bit nebulous, Charles. But it's important because it has to be asked. Because you're a creator of things. Mm -hmm. What are your biggest influences as a creator? So it's actually probably a question I get more than anything else when I was doing my developer streams leading up to launch. Um, I think people were sometimes surprised by the answer. Uh, outside of the one obvious you know, takeaway, Fire Emblem is the biggest influence yeah. artistically on the game yeah. by far. It's FIFA, isn't it? Number, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Your and biggest influence is FIFA. I get that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's 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 an obvious one. Um, yeah, yeah. I love I love Fire Emblem to death. Um, but I'm not actually 
the biggest on the you know tactical RPG, strategy RPG genres. I don't really uh-huh. play that many other of the games. Um, I play a little bit of everything. Um, and like my favorite game of all time is The Elder Scrolls for Oblivion. Um, so okay. I'm more, you know, I, I like the sort of big now traditional third person RPGs, you know, open world RPGs. I play a lot. Um, I play a lot of multiplayer games. Um, and I think I tried to bring in a lot of different tastes into this genre. You know, I wanted to, it's, it sounds self, maybe it is selfish, uh, but I wanted to make the, the perfect strategy RPG for me as, you know, someone that's not necessarily an exclusively strategy RPG gamer. Um, I am a huge, huge fan of narrative RPGs in general of, of all gameplay types. And especially open-ended ones, uh, things like Mountain Blade Warband, which you wouldn't think would have an influence. Um, one of my favorite games that um, I wouldn't I wouldn't say I necessarily took specific design cues from, but uh, there are pieces to how progression in that game is so wide-ranging that I really wanted to bring to Dark Deity. Um, so there's there's a, a whole host of a whole host of games I think that would so I would say have had a big influence. You took the melting pot of all the things you're experiencing in games and the mechanics, stir them up and went, see that 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 pinch. We'll add a pinch of that. We'll have a dollop of that. There you go. Two dollars yeah. actually. And then we'll have <laughs> we'll just put a tea, two table tablespoons of this and that. You know, and that's what you've done with, and I can definitely see the influences there. So the mere, just the the things that you have been drawn to in terms of interacting with games, mm-hmm. because that is the thing that influences you the most. That's the sounds of things. Yes, you've gone to yeah. specifics, and but it really ultimately it's saying, I've played a whole cornucopia of games over the decades that I've lived in the in this in this planet and in reality, and. Uh, I've liked those things. I granted this is a tactical RPG that I have made, or as yeah. you say, a strategy RPG. Although I've, I think it's more tactical, but we could talk about it later. <laughs> yeah, the, um, the difference is sort of just semantics. I yeah, think, yeah. You know, well, there, there, there is, yeah, well, well, there, well, there, there is a difference, but I feel like mm. there shouldn't be. Because yeah, it's the I know. Thing. <laughs> the thing is, I play a lot of board games, so if I say that, I would actually get like strangled. Rightly so. Mm-hmm. Because if I said one game is more tactical and the other one's strategy, then you know yeah. there's as quite obvious in board games, but because one's yes. yeah, 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 but yeah. it's less so in in video games. Um, but like when people start describing Doom as a puzzle game, like what? Well, <laughs> uh, but uh, no, that's a really good response to that. Thanks for that. No, it's really really good. And uh, yeah, Mountain Blade, good shout. I could see it now. Yeah, you're right. Well done, that games. That that was a that was a title, wasn't it? They made a sequel, didn't they? Anyway, um, yeah, I have a, an embarrassing amount of hours in that game. Yeah, that had a long, <laughs> long gestation period. Never really got finished, did it? Bless them. But anyway, no. But even when it wasn't, it was still good. Yeah, my yeah. of course. So the next question, also difficult. <laughs> it's, this 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 show's kind of like you know we've got a mini boss in the middle. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. So. <laughs> Coasting comes later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Next question is this. What developer do you most admire in the industry and why? 
So who do you point to as a creator, developer, fellow developer, and go, you there, carry on doing what you're doing? Could be a company or a person or both, and also more than one. Okay. That, that's, that's, uh, it's EA. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to, I'm just going to go with recency bias because this is the only thing that can come to my mind right now. Okay. Um, but I'm going to go with From Software. Yeah. Who, Dark Souls and Elden Ring now, which yes. I've been attached to at the hip for the last week or so. Nice. Um, but I have always had so much respect for how they handle their story in their games they just don't really care about being accessible they're going to make the game they want to make and i i think especially when i first played the dark souls games i was amazed that you know a big publisher with bandai namco um would make something that is so you know it's they they just pour money into something that i would call you know, for a pretty specific subset of gamers, obviously that's changed over time and it's become a more popular thing and it's grown. Um, but, you know, the the story, you have to go in there and intentionally dig out the story. You know, it's not sort of handed to you on a silver platter, which is very unusual in whatever, you know, 2022 it is now to not have things so clear cut. Um, so I've always had a lot of respect for sort of, them not ever backing down from the the game they want to make despite you know design choices making it less salesable <laughs> yeah i think it's interesting cuz um i do tell it looks at, at a glance if you're uninitiated and you don't understand it looks like oh it's just a regular hack and slash third person action adventure we've all seen those and then you actually start experiencing it like, oh, no, it's actually nothing like those. Even though it <laughs> yeah. looks like it, it's nothing like it. Why have I yeah. just suddenly killed? That's not fair. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, maybe you should pay more attention. How about that? Because that's what the game for me, all of them, all of them teach this. P- pay mm-hmm. attention? I don't know. Maybe stop looking at the sun or something. You know, it's just there are times when I, I the first time I got killed and I didn't look at any guys. I love doing that. I just because that's the that's the joy of it of not actually looking at any yeah, like yeah. tips. Like, no, 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 I'm just gonna figure it out. And uh which I you know, and the first killing was like one of those little goblin statue things leaped at me from the left. And like I should have known better. I've done this before. What am what's I knew it was gonna happen. Yeah. But it happened yeah. anyway. And you don't chide the game, you chide yourself. Because like I, yeah. I should have defended myself. I, what did I, why? That was a that was a cheap death, which is like the very definition of yeah. the these I, games. I think part of what's so appealing about it now too is a lot of games feel like they almost have a guide built into them. Because yes. you know, you have such extreme quest markers and it's just, you know, yeah. go here, do this, go here, do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I do like that it feels like for the older generation of games where you had to go buy a guide for it if you wanted to do everything, you know, or now search on the internet, but still. But (laughs) no, From Software is a very good shout. They are, you know, it's more by accident than design, which is even better because the story is told about how the Dark Souls game came about. And it's like, it might not have happened at all. It might have just like, yeah, we're not doing this. This is this is a bad idea. Let's just do something more, or something else. <laughs> they they just yeah. bet something like this is going to this is going badly. It's going to crash and burn, and we're going to see we can be out in the street. They couldn't be more wrong, of course. 
And they yeah. still don't have. I mean, it's interesting. They still don't have that much confidence in Dark Souls Two either. Like, uh, uh, fluke, is, fluke. <laughs> is, this, is this any good? They were going around. Is this, is this any good? To be entirely fair, it was not as good as the first one. <laughs> no, 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 but it yeah, wasn't. Yeah. No, no. But there it is. Here we are. Um, but no, it's a very good response, and they've done many, many other things too. But that's the, what yes, they're most famous for, like Kingsfield and stuff. And uh, they've had a long, long history yeah. in, in gaming. Is the and uh, it's amazing how those developers will work for decades in industry, whereas yeah. in other parts of the world that doesn't tend to happen. They, you know, but uh, anyway. So, last question of the first half. Here we go. This is. I think we've already answered this one, <laughs> but uh, because we, you know, you sort of like slid into it on the fourth question. But uh, yeah, what are you playing right now? <laughs> well, yeah, there you go, Elden Ring. <laughs> it is Elden uh, Ring. So I how, was, how, uh, you yeah. know, I dipped my toes in a little bit of everything. I was, yeah. I was playing Lost Ark before that came out, um, which uh, I actually was having a lot of fun with. Uh, mm. <laughs> uh, what's... That's an MMO, isn't it? It is, yeah. Mm, so like a isometric MMO. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm delved. In. I stopped doing MMOs. I just can't. I've got time, you know. You know, it's, it's, it's just. Uh, I try to, I you know, I make the time. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, when we were in, you know, the ramp up period on, you know, working on Dark DD when it was really, we had a deadline. We were doing it. I was not playing any games at all for like a year. Um, and now in sort of the post-launch period, I'm uh, I'm playing some catch-up, as it were. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, I hear that a lot. I've had a lot of guests come on and say, well, Chris, I haven't actually played anything for the last 18 months apart from the game we just made. However, I do plan to play, and there's a whole street. Be surprised how yeah. often Zelda Breath of the Wild comes up in that list. Actually, maybe you're not surprised. <laughs> well, I feel like that's just one where if you haven't played it, everyone and their mother is like, oh, you need to play this. So yeah, it's sort of always yeah, yeah. top of the list of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I always put that alongside Outer Wilds, but then they got a lot of pushback for that. Like, mm-hmm. Chris, that one's that one's a bit esoteric. Like, I know, but I liked it. <laughs> it's funny, the, uh, the, uh, my other half on Dark Deity uh, is not a fan of Breath of the Wild because he loves the older Zelda games so much and he misses oh. the traditional design. Yeah. <laughs> so not even because Breath of the Wild is a bad game, just because you know, it heralds just... the, the loss of something he liked more that came before. Yeah, yeah. The Zelda, Zelda structure is well known, even if they did try it and break it in Zelda 2. But let's not go there. <laughs> now it's my fault i raised zelda not you but uh no um uh, i know yeah that's, that's a five-hour discussion for another day it is yeah but uh elden ring it's uh what a what an extraordinary we knew it was coming we just you know yeah. when, when they said oh yeah february uh, i think part of why i'm so enamored with it is most of these games that have come out recently that have been big ticket that you've had big expectations for have mm. been disappointing i feel like so frequently I'm not, uh, <laughs> I, my wishes aren't fulfilled with games that come out, you know, and I, whether that's me just having unre- unrealistic expectations for these games or, you know, if they're overhyped, but uh, Elden Ring feels like the first in a long time that it's come out and it was even better than I had hoped for. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm having a blast with it. It's been a while, isn't it? It's been a while because yeah. they do feed us so much information about games by the time they land. You go, 
yeah, we kind of knew all about this. So it's uh, yeah, it's a bit. Whereas in Elden Ring, was this cryptic nonsense after cryptic nonsense <laughs> yeah. out? What's that? It's a pig. What? No, it's not. Yeah, it is. No, wait. What's that over there? It's like it's, this is nonsense. Yes, I know. Well, and the they, trailers looked like they were showing so much, but it was all from like the first ten minutes of the game. Yes, <laughs> they did, didn't tell you anything at all. It's like, yeah. and now all these videos coming out on Twitter. And honestly, if you don't want any spoilers, don't be on Twitter because it's just relentless. People yeah. putting thirty-second videos of them taking down some thing that has got a giant root as a weapon. Like, mm-hmm. what's that about? But um, yeah. uh, no, it's it's an extraordinary game. And uh, this the animation, though. The animation. People don't really talk I, about that nearly enough, do they? It's just... We'll oh. never understand how they managed to make these just strange creatures look so lifelike. Yeah. I think they do just a phenomenal job. I mean, you know, they have dragons throwing whips around, and it's like no one else has even attempted to do this. No. In, in ever. <laughs> and it looks great. You can imagine that meeting, can't you? Well, we can have a dragon that's wielding a whip. <laughs> Get out. Dude, most studios are slow. Okay, yeah. that's a great oh, idea. It's the please, creativity. Please leave, take your stuff. Get out. But no. <laughs> no. Well, that's the end of the first half. There we are. See? Didn't hurt. At least I hope it didn't. We made it. We survived. We it. And uh, now we're going to delve deep into Dark Deity in the second half right. of the show. Let's do Let's it. Let's do it. So, first question, regular listeners will know isn't really a question. It's a request. In your own words, Charles, have a go. Best of luck with this one, because, you know. Yeah. What is Dark Deity? Dark Deity is a strategy RPG, uh, a game where you bring a group of strangers together who eventually will become friends through uh, many, many individual conflicts (laughs) uh, where you level up a diverse cast of characters and uh, make your own way through the game such that uh, your experience will be very different from 
anyone else is playing it. That's very true. Wow, yeah. But um, your mention about the strangers being bonded and brought together uh, is sort of relates to my first question. But yes, at its core, there are a series of interactions and there's adventures and decisions to be made, but ultimately you do get involved with these combat situations. And mm-hmm. um, as a fan of tabletop RPGs, I play a lot of them. Um, not just D&D, a lot of them. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually running the One Ring 2nd Edition, which is the Tolkien okay. game. Um, and that's tomorrow night I'm doing that, that's how we're recording this show. It's the 2nd Edition, just, not the 1st. Uh, yeah, I, played... I got out of my D&D session last night at uh, 11.30. So, um... <laughs> so you can relate. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but the, it's, uh, to, it's uh, one thing about... Um, uh, which is kind of similar to what you got here, but maybe not. Um, but uh, yeah, the Lord of the Rings has no magic because there's oh. only five. There's only five wizards, you see. Mm-hmm. and you're not. You're, you can't play one of them because they're. You're not one of them. Yeah, you can't be one <laughs> of them. So, so yeah, imagine a world where magic exists in it, but the players cannot wield it. It's a weird one. <laughs> right. I mean, um, it sounds. There's a lot you can do with that. I'm sure there is. Yeah. So and sort of like the the the, the combat's very interesting and. But I want to, before we delve into that, because we have to, we're going to have, because it's, I want to talk about something much more, uh, not adjunct, I think it's more core to the experience than other other commentators may have realised. It's this bonding between the characters. There's a, during, between engagements and other adventures, you have this campfire situation where you're Mm -hmm. camping out, they're together, they're, they're, they're collecting their things. They're licking their wounds, maybe, some of them. Yeah. And um, this bonding, though, you have people bonding, you know, certain, when, when they're fighting next adjacent to each other, they become, you know, they have a, like a like a relationship building between them. Yeah. How did that come about? What is it? Why is it there? I know why, but just talk to me through this. <laughs> uh, you know, I think there's a sort of slew of answers for this mm. um, primarily you know this is one of the pieces where you can't really make <laughs> a modern srpg that is modeled after a game like fire emblem and not have a relationship system in it because you know you're gonna get uh you're gonna get screamed at by the fans now that's not why it's in there but that is no, one of the no. things you know that's a piece of it um the second is we wanted to tell a story that was very personal. Uh, we wanted the story to not be, of course, you can argue whether we did this effectively, but the intent is we wanted to, you know, have the grand events because obviously, you know, there's large scale things happening throughout the course of the story, but we wanted to tell it from a very personal standpoint. Um, <clears throat> and to do so in a game where you only use half less than half of the characters in an individual run, um, you know, there has to be some tie to the gameplay of how that's happening. So, you know, in comes the bond system uh, where, you know, generally speaking, you only see bonds with the characters you're using after a certain point um, since, you know, as you, you start with a lower amount, so you see all of the units for the first, whatever it is, 10 chapters. Um, if that's something you're interested in. Um, But it's, 
sort of allows us to tell a grand scale story while also having, you know, a lot more individual character development with such a big cast than you normally get to have. Yeah, it just, I think it creates a more, what of a better phrase or word, bond between the player and the characters they are manipulating. Yeah. You know, it's not just between the characters, it's also between the player directing them. Mm-hmm. So they have like, so rather than just like, you know, um, chits on a, on a player board, like they would be on a chess board, um, they're actually, you know, the, 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 the rook is not just a rook, it's actually a, a thing that, you know, has feelings. Yeah. and you have a connection with. Has, yeah. has a connection with apparently maybe the other rook on the other side. Aww. But, you know, it's... Um, <laughs> It it just added a bit of humanity to the experience, mm-hmm. and that was really I thought that was really welcomed, and I I wasn't expecting it because all I played I played it cold like okay I like my like Shining Force one of my favourite games of all time surely it's yeah. like that it's not but this you know, <laughs> is um, in a good way everyone because Shining Force is up there with some of the best games yeah. released on the Mega Drive Stoke Genesis we all know that. Um, but um, I always pluck that one out when someone says no RPGs on the, the Genesis like that. oh yeah that sorry <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, well, it's funny we, we have so many people talk about you know that game in particular Shining mm, Force uh, yeah. and I'm 24 uh, I, <laughs> I'm much too young to have played Shining Force Correct. anywhere where it came out yeah uh, and, uh, you know, my, my older brother was too young to play Shining Force. Yeah, <laughs> He was I know. the person that got me into gaming. So it's, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. it's there's, all... not that much Shining Force influence, but people see a lot of Shining Force influence because I think other games I've played had Shining, you know, there's like yes, the her- inherited Shining yeah, Force influence. Yeah. The lineage is strong in this one. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, no, and it's very easy to get hold of, thankfully, now. You can play it on yes. the Mega Drive collection, sorry, the Genesis mm-hmm. collection. Uh, so I know you. I know you know what that means, but other listeners may not know what Mega Drive yes. is. I know you know, but uh, why did they dif- different names? I kind of anyway. <laughs> um, um, so the next question I have for you is this: Players are move are limited in Dark Deity in terms of their what they can do per turn. They can move and do one action. Why? I know yeah. why, but because I'm playing tabletop RPGs, I know. But you tell me why? Why is it like this? Why is there no maybe buffs that allow you to do two, three attacks? Which is not fifth edition, Chris. I know, but got God. it. Okay. <laughs> yes. Um, <clears throat> so the the basis of character customization in Dark Deity is so heavily influenced by stats and by individual combat mm-hmm. uh, and really really what we were wanting to do with that uh, was take <clears throat> a very very basic formula uh, and bring to it as much individual flavor uh, as we could in the sense that you can take one of these characters and play a playthrough with them say you know five to 10 times and have them feel different in combat every time, even though it's the same action of I'm going to walk up and click on this thing and attack it. Uh, 
And I think we generally did a fairly good job of doing that just because there's so many ways you can interact in combat with the different stats and so many different ways you can have the characters uh, grow. Um, and the single action, we, we went with generally movement buffs for the utility abilities. You know, right, the, the, right. the class that can, you know, lock an enemy in place. It's a class that can teleport a character around. Um, we felt like we had enough customization individually in the actual combat portion <clears throat> that to, to layer on more pieces into that was, uh, would have become too much. Yeah. Yeah. But I do like the fact that there is a little bit of what i just described of multiple attacks and different nuance in the actual engagement because yes mm -hmm. the movement and placement of the characters is vital and relative locations of other characters in relation to the enemies they're attacking is absolutely vital even from the outset it's like you know it's like yeah, oh, yeah you've got to really be careful um but no i do think there is some manipulation there and there's many times when I'll choose a short sword for example and go well I'm going to hit it twice and that might trigger a critical who knows and like you know it's the classic yeah. sort of that kind of mechanic because the criticals do exist they do those those dice rolls are happening in the background and there's yeah. a little bit of a celebration when they do it they get a bit haughty and go I'm going to take you down now um, yeah. but uh, yeah it's I, I think there's a there's enough layers of complexity there without it becoming overwhelming which you, mm -hmm. you so easily could do so i think it was a good shout because limiting isn't actually limiting <laughs> uh because yeah. If, yeah. if you if you know what how much of a palette you've got then you work with that mm -hmm. palette and that's exactly it. yeah uh, and, and I, you know, there are pieces to that where, um, you know, it was our first game. We were limited in what we, you know, were learning to do and, mm -hmm. you know, the scope of what we wanted to do. It's something where I think if I made another strategy RPG, I definitely would want to do more with that combat system than what we had in Dark Deity uh, and limited in other ways, you know, because I think we had the right. I mean, there, there's no such thing as the right balance, but. Uh, I think we had a good balance of things to consider. Uh, and I think there's, you know, a million other ways that I would want to mold this system if I had, you know, unlimited chances to make <laughs> strategy RPGs forever. Uh, there's a lot of different ways I would want to try and do it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I often raise it in this show. It's the point black rage shot with a shotgun in XCOM, 95% chance to hit. <laughs> <laughs> But you miss. Yes. And like, well, why? And my retort would be, well, there's 5% that you might not hit. <laughs> you just happen to hit that 5%. <laughs> right. Now you're going to get controlled, mind controlled now. Enjoy that. Enjoy your time with there. Okay, yeah. never mind. Might want to say goodbye to that character now, whatever he was called. Um, <laughs> so, um, I, yeah, I've had my share of 95 misses in XCOM. No, and, yeah, uh, yeah. You just unfortunately, gotta, yeah. you just got a contingency. That's what I say to people have a contingency. Do not rely yeah. on that one character who's pretty awesome, who's probably going to die then. Um, <laughs> so, um, next question is related, speaking of death, 
Um, Dark Deity doesn't appear to. I may be wrong. Uh, there might be some exceptions. Let's not deal too much with content. But typically, there isn't really permadeath, or permadeath as yeah. they call it. Characters yeah. cannot die. They can be knocked out of of combat, just like what I call... I call it the Baldur's Gate model, where you can actually mm-hmm. go chopping away. Someone's knocked out. That's okay. They're just down. Yeah. And as long as you survive, it'll be fine. You'll, they'll get back up. You have to heal the wounds and stuff. And that's fine. Yeah. And that's what you have kind of adopted with Dark Deity. Only what you've done is you've had permanent stat reductions due to an injury <laughs> incurred because you didn't, quite frankly, look after your rogue or whoever. I mean... Why did you yeah. put Rogue up on point? I was like, well, they were checking for traps. Anyway, <laughs> um, uh, just for, that was the first time it happened to me when she got knocked out. Like, oh, great. Yeah. yeah I should have known better. Why did I have her up front? But I did. Um, tell me, um, <laughs> how did this come about? Why, why the injury system? So, <clears throat> what, how a lot of people play a game like Dark Deity, if it has permadeath, is the second a character they like dies, they just restart the level. Uh, You know, because they want to use the character, obviously. Uh, And so the difficulty of the game becomes about, it's not about beating the level, it's about beating it with everyone alive, which obviously is more difficult. um, But I think in a lot of cases, levels aren't designed that way. You know, you design the level to beat the level. Uh, and so it's, it's, I felt like, and I, you know, there's, there's actually many reasons that we did the, the grave wound system. Um, but I think the biggest one is that, um, I felt so much more creative control over the levels when I knew that people weren't as likely to immediately restart if a single person died, because, you know, we have a system you know, dark DD is not the best balance game by any means, you know, there are enemies that do a lot of damage. You know, you have characters that do a lot of damage. It's pretty easy to get people killed in Dark DD. Much easier, I think, than in uh, a lot of other strategy games because, again, without permadeath, we're able to throw crazier things at you without feeling bad. <laughs> um, like, you know, there's there's a dragon at some point in the game. Spoiler alert. Um we were able to do some pretty crazy stuff with how that functions that I think in a permadeath game, <clears throat> absolutely it would have been just like a slap in the face to the player to say, here's this thing that, you know, can, you know, hit all of your units with the attacks and stun you and stun lock you and, you know, all that. Um, so creative freedom, I think it, it, we were afforded a lot more of because um, you don't have to restart the level to use that character. Um, and then a secondary note to that is, mm-hmm. you know, there's sort of viewed as a higher difficulty thing to have permadeath. But when you restart the level, your characters actually, since none of them die, get stronger and stronger. <clears throat> and when you do make those mistakes, there's no consequences for the rest of the gameplay. So we wanted to, you know, have a, a game where when you make mistakes with the characters and they lose a stat, you know, that becomes part of the playthrough mythos. It's like, Oh yeah. That's, you know, the time that I misplaced Irving and he lost so much strength and now he's not as good, you know, and that becomes part of, uh, you know, part of your experience for that playthrough. Yeah. It's, it's all part of the story. I can, I can definitely relate to that. Um, 
You may not be aware of this, but that system you described exists in a game, another role-playing game I'm playing, is Warhammer, Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, uh, okay. which is the fourth edition I'm running. And one of the players got wounded, and they don't have hit points, they have wounds. And if you get so yeah. severely wounded, you actually get a, you know, a, an, an injury. And this mm-hmm. particular injury is he's got a torn ligament in his left, no, right up, right leg. He okay. now everything he does as regards to walking or attacking, he's now got yeah, a minus. he's got disadvantage on you yeah, know, yeah, athletics checks and yeah, that's everything. Fine. Because for yeah. another like for a month in game time, it's yeah. going to take a month to heal that. Yeah, that, that has <laughs> so much flavor. I actually love yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, and that's baked into the game. It's baked in, like mm-hmm. yeah. So really that, cool. that, that's why players like, do we have to fight? You know, it's it's <laughs> on that particular game. It's a case of I tell people in D and D, if you see a troll, you go tro- diving in and start chopping him up. In Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, you run away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, I, it's just like um, why? Because you're squishy and you're going to die. Unless you're yeah. war priest and you just go in because in the name of yeah. Sigma and all that. So, but no, I, I really, really like that aspect of it because you're, um, you're right. You don't take risks then, do you? If you know you're mm-hmm. gonna actually going to get hit, then it is still, don't get me wrong, it's still punitive to actually let a character, you yeah. know, suffer a fate. You don't want it. You have, you have your heel bot running around doing what she does, doing her healy stuff or her or him. I mean, it depends what character mm-hmm. you're using. But as the first one you encountered, she's she's a yeah, woman, yeah. and she's she's doing her, her thing, and she was great, you know, like medic, great job. Just that's what she does, yeah. although she can hit things with her stave. Um, yeah. <laughs> although if you're doing that, it's probably in the wrong place. She um, maxes out fifty percent hit rate. <laughs> she does, yeah. It's like this, it's not really a thing. Um, but uh, no, I did enjoy that, and I like that aspect of the game. That's why I wanted to ask you about it. But last, lastly. And this is something I had about twenty odd more questions, but I had to narrow it down. And maybe you can encompass this last one really about progression and okay. you know growth, shall we say? Mm-hmm. But I want to talk about the weapon upgrade system. Yeah, it relies on tokens that you've found or mm-hmm. bought from traveling, you know, people. Oh, and um, yeah, the, the store that just uh, happens to be there at any point that you need it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you could argue Dragon Age had the same thing with yeah. you know enchantment. You know, yeah. Um, Odin so, and his kid just sort of did, following you around for some you around. Yeah. more reason. Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> just just chucking around um, with you. Um, can you talk us through the design of the aspect of growth and progression for Dark Deity? What what did you find? How did this come about? These four unique weapons. We haven't said that, by the way. Every character has, I believe, every character. I might be wrong, but I generally have four different weapons, and yes. uh, they can be upgraded individually. Well, they do. They are upgraded individually in two, and they do have the color coding of blue and and mm-hmm. I think I think purple is the highest. I can't remember. I think you follow the standard code. I don't know where it came from, but uh, yeah, talk us through the, 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 the that growth aspect of yes. Dark Deus. So. What's funny about the weapon system in particular uh, is that it's tied to some systems that never made their way into the game final. Uh, we originally, so Dark Deity has these big blown up battle animations where, you know, they actually whack each other and, you know, every class has its own animation, uh, so on and so forth. 
that was not in the game until about we we you know we didn't we weren't set on having that in until I think like ten months before launch because uh, we just simply did not have the capital <laughs> to do that. You know, it's a it was yeah. a big undertaking. Um, so what we had originally was the little map sprites, the little thirty two by thirty two smaller things that you move around on the map. Um, also had a little like attack frame where their sword would be out or you know their staff would be raised and they had a little dodge frame um, and it was remarkably low quality stuff uh, compared to what it is now um, but what was cool was how we wanted to make the combat interesting was every single one of the weapons including the physical weapons originally was having its own sort of spell animation mm. as it were so in the game, all the different spells have, you know, their own animation as you go through the upgrade trees and as you, you know, switch through the different types. Um, the the melee weapons or the physical weapons, because there's bows also, um, also had like, you know, we had animations of like magical axes spinning in a circle and then going like thunk, thunk, thunk. You know, every, uh, they all had uh, their own animations. So there was more intent artistically towards how you progressed through that than you sort of see in the game proper. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, I, you know, I, I think we can all agree we, we trade that for the current system any day of the week. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But so that, that, that I think is important to know. Um, we've talked about that a whole lot for, no. you know, people that weren't around during the development process. Um, but gameplay-wise, we really wanted an additional element beyond the stats that was a way you could take a character that's not maybe not great at a certain aspect of combat and make them better, you know, shore up some weaknesses, or just make them a powerhouse in one particular way. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a slow character that hits hard, you upgrade all the way through power, they're going to be hitting really hard, and they're going to be horrible at everything else. Um, we we really felt like it was one of those cherry on top type mechanics that sort of lets you distinguish your your characters more than uh, you would be in a system where you're just kind of trading weapons around. Yeah. I mean, it's just picking up new weapons, go, oh, okay, this one's got slightly different, higher numbers than the next one. I'll use yeah. that then. Um, yeah. I call it the Mass Effect effect, which is what you yeah. do. You just like, especially in the first one, like you're going, okay, mm-hmm. that's got 2% more damage. Whichever one has higher numbers, you just put yeah. it on. You just put it on. There's <laughs> no thought to it. It's like, that's got yeah. more numbers than that one. Well, we'll do that then. Yeah. And, one, and It's a problem I actually have with weapon progression in a lot of games. I think it's just it's a hard thing to do well. So mm. we wanted to just tie weapon progression directly to the characters. I think that the more, generally speaking, the more you know pieces you can tie directly to a character's progression, the better. Yeah. I mean, at least the weapon isn't a dungeon as well. Yes, I'm looking at you, Diskier. Yes. (laughs) That's a bit weird. Thankfully, you didn't go there. Oh, God. Talk about lengthening the game out. Like, you have to earn this weapon by going through this dungeon crawl. Oh, come on. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I thought it was quite inspired and uh, really like it. It's very, very, very pretty as well. So, yeah, I really enjoyed that. So, Dark Deity, which is developed by Sword and Axe. Great name. I have to ask where it came from. 
<laughs> it was uh, the name of, uh, for lack of a better word, our like gaming social media private group that we had in middle school, actually, with uh, some close <laughs> friends of mine. And Dylan, who is uh, you know my my other half on this project, uh, was a part of that as well. We've been friends forever. Um, so it was. It sort of is a, a throwback to you know, how we all became friends as, you know, young teens playing video games. We would, you know, share our, our gaming news and our, uh, in uh, Sword and Axe. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. And uh, it's published by Freedom Games. And yep. um, what platforms is it available on? Is Dark Day available on? It is available on Steam as of right now. Mm. And in, well, I'm not going to say in X days, on uh, March 17th, it will be available on Nintendo Switch. Raw, yes. Um, that's that. There's there's a very small sort of niche platform that no one's got. It's fine. Um, yeah. or, or what I call my Animal Crossing machine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fair. Yeah, it's fair. So, um, but uh, no, Charles, it's been fantastic having you on the show. Really, really, it has been. fantastic being on the show. It's been a, yeah. a little while since I've even really talked about Dark Deity. The past few weeks, I've been uh, in uh, a little bit of a vacation mode since. Nice. Uh, you know, getting close to really finishing the switch port. So uh, yeah. it's nice to get back into things. This is sort of helping me get back in that uh, zone, as it were. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> and um, you're more than welcome to come back to chat about whatever next is, is brewing. Probably that FIFA knockoff we were chatting about before. Of course, show. yeah, 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 yeah. It's totally, totally, <laughs> lots totally of happy. lots of microtransactions. Yeah, loads, loads. Ultimate. Yeah, there's team. actually no game. It's it's just yeah. Micro it's just microtransactions. Yeah. Ultimate team plus plus ultimate plus. Yeah, that's what it's called. It's actually called <laughs> Pro Master Plus Three Thousand. That's what the game's called. Like, what is that? It's just lots of microtransactions on top of it. It's yeah. It'll be great. Yeah. It'll be great. Um, How do you win? <laughs> You, do, you uh, do the most microtransactions. You do, you do the most. Wait, what? It's all right. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's also got time gates as well. You're going to love it. Um, and it's also a clicker. No, in all seriousness, more than welcome to come back and chat about whatever you're, you're cooking up. Uh, but in the meantime, Charles, thank you very much. Thank you so much. Have an awesome day. You have been listening to the Sausage Factory podcast, part of the Cane and Rinse Collective. Support us for just two US dollars per month at patreon.com forward slash cane and rinse for early, extended, and exclusive podcasts. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, and at our website, caneandrinse.com. <laughs> <laughs>